Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Empty seat to my right, but I got Ranger on the wall. But I got a couple people on the phone. In fact, a couple, three people on the phone. We have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hello. We have Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm here. Hi, and we have Steve from Trophy Time Leaders. Hi, Steve. Hello. (laughs) All right, now that I got all the intros done, let's get through these plugs. Fatty Z Muskie products, fattyzmuskie.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can uh, check out the products, you know, like on the website. I have updated the website last night to include all the colors of the... Eh, the Raptors were the only things that really needed updated, but there's a color there that you want, but it's not there. Check out... Musky Tackle Online, MTO, Aaron out of Minnesota. Give him a look up. He just got a whole bunch, I don't know, probably less than a month ago. Um, great guy, fast shipping, you know, $75, you get free shipping on that order. So check it out. He has a whole bunch of other baits too. Um, give him a look. And if there is something that you're looking for that's maybe not run-of-the-mill AZ stuff, uh, look at Team Rhino Outdoors. Jeff has a whole bunch of exclusive colors from Fatty Z Muskie products and many other manufacturers. So give them a look. Maybe there's something there that'll tickle uh, your fancy. And uh, just tell them Fatty Z sent you. Then uh, the rod holders. If you're looking to set up a boat, I'd appreciate it. I think you guys would like it too. Muskie guys selling a lot of them as of lately is the rod holders. So... uh, Feel free to ask questions, you know, shoot me a text, shoot me a call. I think my phone number's on the website because I've gotten several texts over the last month or so asking uh, various questions. So feel free to ask. I'm here to help. And uh, hmm, I think that's about it. Todd, how's Muddy Creek doing? Muddy Creek Fishing Guys, mcfishingguys.com. Check out our website. Vance and I will be getting ready here. The season will be winding down. we got another six weeks or so, and then we'll get some updated photos and do some stuff on the website. We try to keep it nice and clean on there. A lot of good information, everything you need to know about the charters going on there. We have a few open dates, not a lot, but we'll see. Our weather is really nice right now, and it's only going to get nicer. We're going to have some rain, but water temps are staying up. Fishing's have been good. Uh, might take it a little further than we normally do into the fall season here. We'll see, see how the fishing goes. And, uh, but we do have some openings. Give us a call. We're going to do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish, cast, troll, whatever you want to do. Excellent. Vance, is there something you want to talk about, like boats? Yeah. Ranger boats. <laughs> Check them out. Big shout out to Ranger. Thanks for sponsoring this podcast. And, Vic Sports Center and Marine in Kent, Ohio. Uh, check them out for service, winterization, boat problems, whatever. They'll hook you up. Uh, they also sell a plethora of both Starcraft, Star Welds, and the Ranger boats. You know, there's one item that's really important to go fishing. Would you guys guess what that is? Probably a fishing rod. I'm going to tell you what, I I should have phrased the question a little different because first guest got it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who makes fishing rods? St. Croix. Oh, look at that. I'm just throwing out all these nice slow right down the middle. 
So St. Croix rods, best rods on earth. They are in retailers across this fine nation. You can also find them at stcroixrods.com. And you can look at all their stuff that they have there. It's a lot of rods. So I'm sure they have something that will fit the bill. So big thanks, St. Croix Rods. All right. We got one more of our plugs, and then we're going to go on to Steve. Is there someone that wants to handle Muskie's Inc.? I'm ready to go. Muskie's Inc. Up, up. (laughs) Yo, yo. (laughs) And, uh, no, you know, here, actually, I got a a good little story here. Our local, uh, our local chapter out of Western Pennsylvania had a uh, tournament, uh, this past weekend on a local state park, Rain State Park. And, uh, you know, they had a nice little successful tournament, 15 fish caught. I don't, can't remember how many anglers, but, uh, got a little information about it. And, you know, so this is something you can look at. What can you, what can these chapters do for you? So this, uh, they, they have a, you know, we do the same as a lot of the other states. We have like a minnow fund, guys donate lures. I used to run raffles on eBay. And this is all done through your local chapter. Uh, you know, so we have the minnow fund. We feed them some extra minnows. They save some of these fish over the winter, let them grow a little bigger. Uh, that local state park of ours got 350 surplus fish this spring that were like 15 to 16 inches long when they stocked them. And, uh, it all came back to the Muskies Inc. Club uh, by, you know, raising the money, getting the funds to feed these fish and keep them going. It helped a lot. They also, uh, th- through Muskies Inc. and the Becker Fund, which is a fund that, that, you know, you can access it however you want. But the easiest way is through Muskies Inc. Uh, we got a $1,500 grant to put right into the Minnow Fund for 2019. This is all the stuff that your local chapter can do. Uh, if the guys want to get involved and, 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 you know, want to search that stuff out. So very important, get involved in your local club. Uh, they got them everywhere. That's just what's happening here in our little club in Western PA. You know, that's a great 350 fish that were like 15, 16 inches long. They are going to have a really great success rate there, uh, of, 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 of survival. And, uh, you know, we're getting monies to help help us do our projects. That's all coming through Muskie's Inc. There's no other way to get it done. Right. And I guess I'm going to add a little bit to that because, you know, like I'm, I'm part of several forums on, on the Internet. And they're not all Muskie forums. There's other general fishing forums, local and a little bit bigger and stuff like that. And unless you're like in the pigeonhole of Muskie, you really won't know what's happening because where else would you find this information that Muskie's Inc. is helping, you know, get these fish bigger by, you know, the the fundraising and all that stuff to feed these muskies, these minnows, hold them over a little bit longer so they have a better success uh, to make it through the first couple years. I'm not seeing it on these other fishing websites. I'm not, you know, I don't even know if it's published I'm sure it's probably published somewhere for the public, but I'm just not seeing it in my run-of-the-mill daily stuff. So it's real easy where I'm getting at. It's real easy just to gloss over and say, why should I join? I'm not seeing anything 
you know, nothing's going on that I can see, but really stuff is going on. And if, mm-hmm. if stuff isn't from your chapter, a little bit of involvement can get it there. And, uh, you know, that was a great example right there. You know, those, those fish, you know, I'm sure a, a overwhelming percentage of those fish are going to make it and you're going to have a, a, an incredible year class in that lake. Yep. Whereas how many, you know, six inch, six to eight inch, six month olds would it take to have the success rate, you know, the number of fish to make it to adulthood for that. And, you know, muskies yep. Inc. is, is a big helper of that. So that's, me yes. Happy. And that was just the, that was just the surplus. You know, they did their stocking of the lakes where they had the, I can't remember how many they're doing, you know, the 1500 that they did try to raise and they're putting them in certain places. And that was just some extra ones that they brought down and dumped in that local lake. Yeah. I got a pond. They could dump them in. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have a couple. I, I would too. So I could use them some days on charters even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you caught a 15 incher. <laughs> yeah. Some days it's not very good. You, know? you, you, gotta, you pull them out of your live. Well, you're like, look what you caught. Monkey. <laughs> Hold this one really far out. <laughs> yeah. Everyone look up front. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I got to put a secret bait out. That's right. I got to put a secret. I just, I just hook it right on. Oh, you <laughs> got one. <laughs> All right. That's enough horsing around. Steve, are you with us still? Yes, sir. Okay, Steve, tell us, uh, Give us, give us where we can find find your product and, and give us a quick overview. Then we're going to dive right in. Okay. Well, Trophy Time Leaders, right now I have a, a site on Facebook under the group page, and, and it's called Trophy Time Leaders. It's a closed group where trying to just keep the fishermen involved in it. And there's always giveaways and specials and it's a good place for people to post all their stories and pictures and have a little bit of bragging rights. And like I said, we just keep it clean, keep it positive, and just try to educate all of our fishermen through that page. And you can also get them at the Figure 8 website, and you can get them at North Shore online. Excellent. Any other place? or do you- no, Currently right now, because... They're all custom made, so we're really not stocking them anywhere right at the moment. And I try to just, I make everyone of them, the data the person orders is the data the leader's made. Okay. That's, uh, that's, nice. yeah, I mean, that's, that's really cool. So, like, more or less your business model set up that someone will say, I want something like this, and you'll make it like that. It's not like me where I'm looking at a whole bunch of inventory baits. Correct, because your favorite leader may be 12 and a half inches long. The next guy's may be 14 inches long. I mean, we've all got our own skill sets and our own mindsets, mm-hmm. and so I just build it to where they have confidence in what they're using. Okay, and what, what kind of materials do you offer? Everything that I offer is it's always the top of the line in the fluorocarbons, and that's anywhere from 10 pounds to 280 pounds. Monofilament, the same. I go from 10 pounds to 400 pounds. And then a big one for the, the glide baits and stuff would be your tooth-proof stainless steel that's offered in the 124 
174, 240, and 360. And the one that's really catching on right now that all the guys are switching to in my area and other areas is the 100-pound titanium single strand. It, it's hands down. I mean, it's taking the market on all the Clyde bait leaders. Why do you, then it, if you go ahead. I was going to say, why do you feel that is? It's, it's just so light and it's so flexible. You can actually tie it in a knot, untie it as straight as can be. Okay. Where with the where with the steel, of course you're going to get a kink or whatever, and you just need to replace it. But it's just, I mean, it's almost you can't destroy. You just can't destroy it. It's very tough. See, I made up. I made up a, a dozen for a gentleman going to the Myrtle Beach, and he was going to just fish for sharks off the beach. And I made them 18 inches long, and he hooked he hooked 18 shark and landed 17 of them, and only one broke a 100-pound leader, and all of them averaged between four and six foot. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very, very tough stuff. And like I said, when you can bend something or tighten a knot, and it springs right back to perfectly straight. A lot of our God baits, that really helps on some of the action of them. And it's just an impressive item. Hmm. Yeah, that's great stuff. I mean, that's... Yeah. And then we also offer the 49-strand. We offer the 7-strand steel. And we offer the 7-strand titanium. That's a so lot of options. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's pretty much set up that if you want it, I'll build it however you want it out of whatever material you want. And as far as the components or the connections, the only snap that I believe in is made by Stringies, and that's the Stay Lock. Other companies make the Stay Lock, but I pretty much stick with the Stringies. He's the one that invented them, and they just seem to be the best and the strongest. And then they also make a fast act snap that you kind of corkscrew your bait on and then you can take it off. And then I, I put solid rings on all my leaders unless someone requests not to have it. That way, if you want to put a split ring on, take that stay lock off, just put a split ring and put it straight to your bait. Or I encourage each fisherman to change out their stay locks. You know, after a dozen or so fish, change that stay lock out. I mean, the most important link between your rod and reel and your very expensive lure is your leader, so you don't want a weak spot. So I put that skill ring on there. It takes two seconds to swap out and put a new stay lock on. And and I offered everything I'm, that I tie, if they want it, has a brass ball bearing swivel. So I, I use all top-notch components. And that way they're getting they're getting a product they can trust and a product they're gonna to want to get more of. That's great. It's really interesting you're getting into stuff more than just the musky world, obviously. Right. Yeah, I heard you talk about ten pound. Uh-huh. Do you, is this a lot of freshwater fishing or is that like a saltwater thing? The the 10-pound would be for the, the same musky angler. When he's not musky fishing, he's probably walleye fishing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys will call and order, you know, 12-inch, 100-pound or 80-pound for their musky fishing. They'll say throw a dozen, 
you know, 10 pounders in or 15 pounders from a walleye fishing. Hmm. So, I mean, it, you know, we'll hook them up. I'll build them up for anything they want. But right now, muskie and pike, you know, are my main focus. Any of the, the apex predators or the toothy predators. Okay. Now, you're from West Virginia, correct? Correct. All right. Yeah, we were talking before the show, and I have no idea where you're at. And then Todd's like, oh, yeah, I was hunting there. So (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even about to butcher where you're from. So, Uh, but you're. Okay, well, I'm from from Jane Lou, West Virginia, which is a town of, well, we have no stoplights. So we're a town of about 500, but we're 10 minutes from Stonewall Jackson Lake, right dead center of the state. So we're surrounded with. We got Stonewall Jackson Lake, we got Stone Cold Lake, and we got Burnsville Lake, which are the three best musky lakes by far in the state. And they're all within 15 minutes of our area. So it's so, a pretty good uh, musky. Yeah, it's a very good musky area. How do you decide then? If, if, if you got the top three within 15 minutes, you can't flip a coin because there's three options. <laughs> it, it's pretty. It's usually pretty easy. Stonewall is usually number one. Okay. But this past weekend we had a tournament hosted by Brandon Lilly with the Figure Eight Company, and it's called the Muskie in the Mountains, and it was open water throughout the whole state of West Virginia. Okay. Well, after about well, after about twelve inches of rain last week, you can imagine there was absolutely no stream fishing available. Burnsville, the water was over top the restrooms in the parking lot, so it was completely shut down. So we had Stone Cold and Stonewall. And all your muskie fishermen, if you live in West Virginia, you fished that lake, one of those two lakes sometime in your career, because, like I said, they're always one and two. And Bob, so that, that tournament was, it was open water all over the state, but the majority of the fishermen were at either of those two lakes. Correct. And there was one other lake, Woodrum Lake, south of us, that had some clarity to it. And some guys caught three or four fish there, and they were 24 fish caught at Stonewall. So the, there was zero fish caught at Stone Cold and 24 at Stonewall. Wow. So a lot of fish come out there under very tough conditions. And... Just in one night, the lake rose five and a half feet. Oh, my. Like, well, that wasn't during the tournament, or was it previous? That was the, the tournament started at Saturday at 7 a.m., and the lake, the lake started raising at 5 p.m. Friday evening. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. So any pre-fishing, yeah. throw that out the window. Oh, yeah, it was going. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. They all had fresh vegetation on the bank to swim in. Wow, that's, I had no idea that happened. That that makes for such a wild tournament from an angler's perspective. Yeah, and you're just sitting there watching the lake rise overnight and essentially underneath you. Correct. <laughs> and and in the fish, I mean the fish still bit. See the biggest fish of the tournament was a forty eight and a quarter. See, I fished with Ed Castrava who makes the heavyweight glide bait and we actually got lucky. We caught a 43 and we caught a 37 and 
and guys were seeing a lot of fish. I mean, I know a couple, Ken Trail, I know most of the anglers out there know Ken Trail. He probably moved 15 or 20 fish the first day of the tournament with zero bites. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the fish are there, but unfortunately the conditions, you know, cut down on the fish caught count. That's the way it goes. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd still say that that's pretty successful for it's a nice happening. tournament. Yeah, yep. what, what was what was happening of you know overnight essentially? Exactly, and I mean I'd encourage any of the listeners to come fish that tournament next year. It, you got Stonewall Resort right there that he always blocks off a lot of rooms where you get a stay at a discounted rate. I mean it's a five star resort, and you're literally staying right there on the water, and it's just a, it's a great mini vacation plus. I mean, he has a band there. He has a, you know, not a pig roast, but they always have barbecue. And I mean, it's just a great time, great fellowship. Okay. Were you anticipating the water was going to, obviously, if you got whatever, all that rain, that you were going to have some rising water conditions? Did you anticipate five plus feet? You know, I figured a couple feet, but when I got there that morning, the yellow metal posts that separate the boat launches were completely underwater, and I've <laughs> never seen—I've never seen that up there. <laughs> and our family farm was under the lake. I mean, they bought it when they built the lake, and I've never seen the water that high in that short a period. So it definitely changed things. But being a local in this area. All my four-foot humps that, you know, normally when the water temperature is up in the 70s, the fish are not holding there. Now I had 9 and 10-foot, and the fish were staged up on them. <laughs> so was there any, was the water clarity acceptable, or was it, I would imagine, to be murky, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah, it was it was murky, but it was acceptable by far. You had a tenth of foot of visibility. Okay, because I'm I'm sitting here thinking I'm like, man, that's for for me at least to have any kind of confidence with with conditions like you were describing, I'd have to see these fish. And if I'm like I'm fishing my, you know, my four foot deep structures that are now you know close to ten feet deep, if I'm not seeing anything, I'd lose confidence real quick. But it it sounds like you kind of hung, you know, stayed with it. Everybody in the tournament. I mean, because you see a lot of the boats up there throughout the year. Everybody stayed on their spots, and the fish were still there. And it's the Stonewall Jackson Lake, there's not a lot of grass in the lake. This year, the lake was muddy all spring, so, you know, we just didn't get the sunlight to help the weed grow. So there's only there's probably only a dozen weed patches on the whole lake. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... A lot of the guys were fishing the timber. There's still a lot of standing timber in the lake. So a lot of guys were fishing the timber, and they were fishing those 12 or 13 weed beds. Yeah, that's, uh, did, it, uh, did the lake all of a sudden fish very small at that point? I mean, was it kind of packed in there, or did you feel spaced up? You know, we had, we had 58 boats in the tournament this year, and they also had about a 60-boat bass tournament going on at the same time and I never once felt 
you know, I could see guys fishing at times, but never once did I feel crowded. I mean, there was always a place to go. So we, I mean, we was doing a lot of, a lot of hot footing. We'd hit a spot that we knew was productive, move on. We started out casting, we ended up trolling, and then we went back to casting. So, I mean, we, we tried all the patterns and like I said, it, the fish that bit, bit hard, but it, it was a slow bite. But we, like I said, we still got 27 fish for the tournament between all of us. So it was definitely a success for the conditions. And if you don't mind us asking, what, what, how did you have success on that? Were you casting? Were you throwing gliders? What were you guys the doing? Ones, the ones we caught, we caught one with a six-inch crankbait, and then we caught one on a five-inch crankbait while we was trolling. Now, we've seen some fish throwing a heavyweight bud, and we also, I threw a bucktail a little bit, and we threw a sharpshooter glide, and like I said, we just had follows, and the fish we caught, we caught one on a, a DK06, and we caught one on a Baker five and a half. There you go. Running high-end stuff down there. Amongst the timber. That, that's why we use good leaders because we're running the highest. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love the yeah. getting the plug in there. I love it. Um, yeah. Now I don't know anything about that lake. I mean, is it a flood control lake? About how big it is? Get, give some information. If you don't yeah, mind. it's it's definitely flood control, but the lake is pretty much fishable. I mean, it'll hold good water temps up until probably the end of June and then usually around the middle of September. So the middle of September to the end of June, it, it's just, you can musky fish it every day throughout the year, all winter long. And it's very, very rare that it freezes over and the fishing just keeps getting better because they never drop it below winter. You know, winter pools only like five foot below summer pool. Hmm. So there's not a lot, not a lot of change in the lake. You know, you got 1,800 acres of water there, so there's plenty of room, plenty of long, long no wake zone coves, and every bit of it's fishy because it's all standing timber. And West Virginia, West Virginia doesn't have a closed season, correct? No, no closed season. <clears throat> And of course, all of our fish are stocked, and you guys hit on the muskie program, and what a difference that has made in stocking the advanced fingerlings or, you know, your 12 to 16 inch muskie. It seems like our survival rate, like you hit on earlier, is so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, it's from, from what I've gathered since Pennsylvania has switched over. The, the it's like a light switch on our local lakes. People are not, you know, going out three or four trips to catch one. You know, I'm hearing a lot of seven fish days and stuff like that, which, you know, it's it's incredible what some of this stuff is, is turning into. You know, lakes that were notoriously tough, you know, that those advanced fingerlings or yearlings, whatever you want to call them, is, is really, really helping out. Um, so is that kind of what West Virginia is doing? It's. It, it is, and I think some of the streams, you know, 
we got a lot of really nice streams. Actually, the West Fork Rivers is what they flooded for Stonewall Jackson. And then you got the Stone Cold Lake that I mentioned earlier. Both of those streams are the outlet of the Stonewall is the West Fork River. Within Stone Cold meets the West Fork River. So you got a tremendous stream that goes for 35 miles, and they stock it really well. I believe they still stock the smaller ones, like the 8-inch ones. But there's not a lot, you know, there's some smallmouth in there. But we, it's not a lot of big fish to eat them, and they seem to make it pretty well. And, I mean, we've got tremendous numbers throughout that stream. It's just, it's one of those streams that if it rains just a little bit, it muddies it up. Mm-hmm. So when it's clear, it's money. I mean, you can you can almost guarantee yourself you're going to have action if you go fishing. Now, and then that w- go ahead. I was going to say, like you're talking about these streams and stuff. I mean, I was just so concentrated on you know the lake lake uh, fishing during the tournament. Do you hit a lot of these rivers? Yes, actually, the West Fork goes right through my property, and I could walk to the bottom of the hill if the water was clear, and almost guarantee you. To show you a muskie. I mean, that's how many's in there. Wow. And and you've got 30 miles of that stream. Now, you can't fish it in a regular boat. You have to have, I don't even think you can fish it in a jet boat. You just got to pick your pools and slide a boat over the bank. But there is a few sections where you can unload a, you know, a smaller aluminum boat. But that runs for about 30 miles, and then it turns into the Maud River. And my goodness, the Mon River is just coming on as a musky fishery like you wouldn't believe. There's there's pictures every day of guys with 40, 45, 48-inch musky caught down the Mon River. And of course, it's flowing down your guys' way. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Same thing's happening up our way in the Mon. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. It's great. And you can go to any of the locks. And if you're if you're patient, just sit there and cast a glide bait at the locks. You're going to catch one. Yeah, I think I've I've seen that people fishing those mon locks and and having success with that. It's incredible. Oh, it is. It's really. I mean, it's so much fun. If you go, if you pull your boat up to where you're you're actually going to lock through, and you just put a jig on, put one a bondy or whatever, and jig it at twelve foot. You're going to have action, and it's it's just crazy how many fish stack up at those locks. Now, did you? Is this something new, or is this how it's been uh, since you started musky fishing? Is I, it always. Well, I, I'm 49 right now, and I started fishing, you know, for musky probably when I was eight or nine. But back then, if you seen one every five trips you went out. That was a great day. So it's definitely progressed. And, and I don't think it's skill set because, I mean, it's just the stalking programs have, have gotten so much better. I mean, the the education of the fishermen so much better. I mean, almost everybody's promoting, you know, to catch and release and, you know, take proper care of your fish. And it just seems to be helping. I mean, Back then, I'd say if one was caught, it had about a 75% chance that it was either going to die or it was going to get ate, which is no problem with that. You know, they caught it. They can do what they want with it. 
But if you're not going to eat it and you're going to turn it back, it's just now the proper handling's there. And, and you know, people are just more educated on it and they're wanting to see that fishery get better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jumping back real quick, you, you, you piqued my interest a lot when you said on your property you have this, this river or stream. Are we are we talking like a thirty foot wide stream? Are we talking two hundred feet? You know? No, it's the west. The west forks. I would say forty foot wide. Okay. And most of your areas are going to be from, of course, two inches deep to twelve foot deep. Okay. I really don't know of any areas that are deeper than twelve foot. Is and it primarily a stone bottom, or you got a little bit it, of? It's a stone bottom, and of course you got your pools where you you get the mud bottoms. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of the stone bottoms. There's a lot of suckers in there. Of course, a lot of carp. There's smallmouth, your bluegill, I and mean, there's all kinds of of fish in there for them. But it's just a great. So it's a great fishery, and it's a very clean fishery. It's just there's so many little feeder streams where we live in the mountains here that, like I said, when it rains, it just collars up pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, if it if it goes up pretty quick, does it typically also stabilize out? You know, like it'll push the water out in a day or so, you're back to normal. Yep, it'll it'll clean right back out as long as north of us and not getting a lot of rain. Then it it just flows right back out as quick as it comes up. It goes right back down. Yeah, in my head, I envision like these really steep cut mountains going down in there, and you could be, you know, whatever, messing around fishing or whatever, and all of a sudden you just watch their water rising, and then like this, you look upstream, there's a big giant wall of water just coming at you. Is it? Is it kind of like? <laughs> yeah. No, it's nothing like that. It's like I said, you got both lakes that are controlling the west fork, so, so I mean it. It's rare that you're going to see it get out of control like that. Yeah, because that's that's that one stream by Todd that I I kind of envision that blows out real quick, the Slippery Rock. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know that that's I'm just trying to build this picture in my head of of what you're dealing with there, and that's you know that's really cool that you got it in your own on your own property. You want to go out and try to catch one, and you just grab your stuff and walk out the yard. Yeah, they're. Like I said, it, it's really, really nice. And, and what's nice about it, even 10 years ago, I could go musky fish the river for a week and never see a musky fisherman. Mm-hmm. And I, now I'm starting to see, you know, a lot of, you know, you're seeing a lot of fishermen, but we're seeing more fish now, and we got way more fishermen. And the programs are working that the state has in place and, you know, your your local chapters have in place. Yeah, that was a that was a big big struggling thing for me. You know, several years ago was, you know, I I had I had little spots and honey holes around my area that I just I've stumbled upon. I you know I worked hard. I studied maps and you know whether it be on moving water or, or lakes, and then I started seeing this this change and a lot more people wanting to go musky fishing and. It, it, it got to this mental battle of do I do I lend a helping hand with some of these people or do you just shut up and, and go into hiding and 
you know, I, I seem to have taken the role of, you know, helping people out and, you know, getting the assist fish as, you know, I'd like to call it. And, you know, but that's also with, with the, uh, anyone can go to Walmart with 200 bucks, get a kayak. A lot of my, my nice little hiding spots are accidentally, you know, exposed from just people, you know, but no fault of their own, just paddling around and poking around like I did with my little tin boat back in the day. And have you noticed an increase of kayakers or is it just not even navigable with that? You know, we see a few, but usually the kayakers we see that are fishing the streams in our area, they're, they're just out for exercise or for fun. They're really not fishing from them. Now on the lakes, the kayak fishermen have exploded. There's, but they're more, it seems like they're targeting the, the bass more than they are the muskie. Mm-hmm. But the kayak traffic definitely has picked up on the lakes. But on the streams, I'm just, I don't see it. I mean, every now and then, like I said, you'll see a, a person maybe doing it for exercise, but they won't have a rod reel with them. Hmm. And you're right. That's how I stumbled on 90% <laughs> of my fishing holes is most of the time I was out goofing off or whatever. I'm like, whoa, there, there's one. <laughs> yeah that's just that's the way it happens yeah and i i I keep these little mental notes i at one point i had a map of my river section i had like circles and notes and all this and that and it was like my most guarded possession i didn't you know let some people know that i had this and whatever and since then it's just kind of like okay whatever life has changed i i can't get out nearly as much and i'm a little bit more open with that information but i found that not everyone's as dedicated as I was to actually hack their way through, you know, big, I don't even know what it is, elephant grass and briars and to to get to these spots. But, um, I just think that's really cool. You have that in your yard or a property. I don't even know if it's your yard. Yeah. Like I said, it makes it nice. And, and I really try, like I coached a high school fishing team for the last four years and it, it just makes it nice taking, you know, the youth out, getting them fishing. This year alone, I've had 14 fishermen out with me that caught their first muskie. And and by far, I'm not a guide or anything, just people that I've taken out that wanted to get involved in, in the muskie fishing. So, you know, I feel pretty blessed that 14 of them actually landed their first muskie while they was out in my boat with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm so at a- it. I was going to say, this, this, this fishing, you know, this fishing team or, or I don't even know what, what you'd call it, but how, that seems to be more popular. What well, like, can you, it's, it's not really up here, but I hear a lot of it, you know, just on social media and stuff. What is that exactly? I'll give you a quick breakdown on what I know about it from four years ago. When my son was a freshman in high school, they were... 80 kids in the state of West Virginia that participated in, in Bass Nation high school fishing. And our high school actually had two kids at that time that was involved with it. So, you know, my son's a huge outdoorsman and he definitely wanted to get involved with it. And the way we got it set up, it, it doesn't interfere with baseball or football or any other sport. With all the tournaments were held on Sunday afternoons. And in the four years that I was involved with it, 
we went from 80 kids in West Virginia that was fishing in the tournaments to over 400 kids. Wow. Okay. Wow. His, yeah. <laughs> and his senior year, they, they take all the point or all the tournaments and they tally the points up and they send the top couple kids to the national championship. And it's usually at Kentucky Lake in Tennessee. And my boy was able to make it there his senior year. And we went to the banquet the night before the tournament. And it was so nice to hear that they were 8,300 kids in the U.S. that was participating in the high school fishing program. Hmm. So, I mean, that number actually blew me away. I never dreamed it would be that high. Yeah. I wish they had that when I was in school. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. I wish they'd have had that. That's that's crazy. I mean, we get to see them come here. They were here a couple, oh, last year. They've been here the last couple of years. I didn't really yeah. notice them this year, but you know, like big, like oh, yeah. boat, boats from Alabama, boats from this and that. The, 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 now that's on the college level, but they were up here doing a bass tournament and. You know, Vance and I got to talk to some of them kids a couple of days. They were like, these fish in those southern guys that were like, I saw one of them fish you guys are fishing for. I want to try to catch one. <laughs> I, I I know what I'm doing in the tournament, but I got two more days. I want to get one. You know, I've get, I've given some of them rap, raptor jerk baits and set them up with leaders. Like, you can get them. You know, you see it. <laughs> it's just oh, good that's, and that's, stuff. Yeah, and that's Great our future stuff. fishermen. I mean, yes. Now, but yeah, it's a very successful program. I hope it continues to grow. I mean, that's something I'm gonna, you know, uh, my boy, you know, my my boy and girl. There, well, my boy's gonna be four, and my daughter's six. That's something that is a little bit intriguing to me because I was never a big, you know, I was never big into sports and stuff like that. But like Todd said, that'd be something that would catch my eye, and. I'm going to want to do a little bit more research on that because as soon as I heard that, I said, well, this would be something great to talk about because. Oh yeah. And it, the way we set it up is say your, your two children, say you didn't own a boat. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to keep you from fishing in the tournaments. As long as you would give us a couple weeks notice, then we would get a volunteer to bring their bass boat out. And they guide you, you know, they can't help you fish, but they would drive you around all day long so you could fish in the tournaments. And it never cost them a penny. Hmm. So, I mean, we had it set up to where everybody that wanted to be involved could be involved. There's really no excuses. That's pretty cool, and look where it is now. It it grew like crazy. Yeah, you you went up fivefold. And they were targeting bass, right? Yeah, now they were targeting bass. Mm-hmm. But, but one of the, the boy that come in second place in Brandon Lilly's Muskie in the Mountains tournament was went to the Nationals with my son two years ago. So one of our high school bass fishermen come in second place on the Muskie fishing tournament there nice. last weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, these boys fish for everything and girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they fish for bass when they're, you know, if someone wants a bass fish, they fish for muskie if they want a muskie fish. Right. So it's just great to see them out there. I mean, I love to see them target the muskie, but as long as they're out on the water fishing and they're not 
you know, getting into trouble elsewhere. To, you know, that keeps a lot of the kids out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, okay. So, what? Rewind back maybe five, ten minutes. I said I, I, I have like this little crossroads here. I want to talk about your, uh, you know, coaching. You know, the the kids in the fishing program. What what boat do you have? I have a a tracker tundra, a twenty one foot tracker tundra. It's a big boat, and it yeah, it's got a two hundred on it, and I've got a nine nine on it as well. And I just got one set of I got a Solix twelve on the on the dash, but nothing on the the bow. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just it's just simple setup. Mm-hmm. I've had it for I've had it for fourteen years. And it's built like a tank, and as long as I can keep the motor running, I mean, I'll have it for years and years because it handles the big water, and it's smooth on the small water. I was going to say, do you put that big thing on those rivers in that? Nah. <laughs> no, but I, I try to I take at least I take at least one trip a year to St. Clair, and I have to do that every year. It's, once you hit it one time, it gets in your blood, and. And then we go to the Lake Erie every year. You know, we'll walleye fish and bass fish out of it on the Erie. What part of Erie I mean, do you go? We go to Buffalo Harbor. Okay. I mean, we're sitting there right beside the cereal factory, factory in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And More than I mean, likely, you're huge, passing my exit. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's huge musky in there at times, I guess, and... I mean, we always we always have a good time up there, but but like I said, the Saint, the Saint, Lake Saint Clair trip is always my favorite. So do you, do you have a, a little boat to get around on those rivers, or are you just yeah? I got a little little twelve foot aluminum boat, and then I actually have one in plastic ten foot pelican boats, oh. and and that little pelican boat. Two of us can stand up all day long and cast, and you never have to worry about tipping it. Is that the mm. one of the, like the like they're almost like school desk chairs? They're, yes. They're, okay. Yep. I remember looking at getting one of them way back in the day. Well, let me tell you, people laugh when they see you in it, but it is it is just so stable in the water. And actually, the last last year's tournament. Um, the last year, Muskie in the Mountains tournament, that's what I fished out of all day long. <laughs> I, I fished the river, and it, it's just comfortable. And when I'm finished, I can pick it up and just carry it up over the hill. Can't <laughs> 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 no. do that with a 21-footer. Nice. No. <laughs> now, do, do you just put, like, you know, a little Minn Kota on the back of it, or you got a little gas engine? I got a little 55 um, electric main code on there, a little 55 pound for us, and I can almost put it on plane with that 55 pound for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it makes it really nice. And and last year, Ed Pastrava, he fished with me as well in that tournament last year. We fished about six miles of the stream last year, and of course, we had a vehicle staged at the other end. And in that six miles, we moved 16 different muskies. That's a pretty good average right there. Yeah, 
that tells you how to populate. We caught two and then moved 16 more, so we've seen 18 fish. So, I mean, like I said, the, the fisheries in this area are definitely on the up, upswing. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds it. That's that's really, really <laughs> neat. Now you brought a little something up. I know there's some. You got a, you guys got a couple different chapters of Muskies Inc. down there in West Virginia. There is, and there is one good thing about any of the chapters is, you know, by being on Facebook all the time and trying to promote my leaders. Is I donate to every single one of them. When they send me a message, hey, we're having our banquet or we're we're raffling off stuff for the minnow fund, you know, that's a big one anymore. I think mm -hmm. up your guys' way, you're on, I think Zach Baker and some other guys was involved in putting a big raffle on to, to buy signs to put on all the waterways. Yep. And I know I donated a lot of stuff for that one. I mean, I never tell the muskie guys no. And I actually just had a chapter from Canada sent me a message, and I, I just sent them a $50 gift certificate. But they're, actually, it's for a dinner, but it's all going into the minute fund. So there's Great. a lot of a lot of places out there that, like I said, it keeps promoting, and it's, it's really going, working well. That's fantastic. That, uh, you know, I guess I never really thought, you know, I, to, to me, it's, gosh, I've been into West Virginia like twice in my life, even though it's just our neighbor to the South. Yeah. I never realized it was that diverse that there's, you know, more than one Muskie Inc. chapter there. Is, uh, are there more lakes that hold Muskie besides those just, that those handful around your place or? Those are just the oh, top yeah, ones. Those are, I just mentioned the top ones, but no, there's there's lakes scattered all over the state that hold muskie. And a lot of them are really small impoundments. I mean, a few of them are 20 acres or less, but they, they have really good fish in them. And every spring, you'll see they stock one with trout over by Glendale State College. And it's called Cedarville Lake, and they pull a 48 or a 50 or 51-inch muskie out there every single spring while they're trout fishing. <laughs> and it, it's just crazy. I mean, and it's a very, very small reservoir. And we're just talking a few acres, and it, it's got some really nice fish in it. Heck, if it's just yeah, a few acres, <laughs> you could sit in the middle yeah. and cast the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very small, and, and like I said, but it's producing some big fish. And and I'm sure the numbers, there's not huge numbers in there, but the fish are definitely growing. And whatever's in that water source, it's it's bulking them up. Probably a bunch of pellet-fed trout. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> might be some rainbows in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Todd, were you saying something? No, I was going to say just, you know, the river systems. Yeah. Uh, that's big. That yeah. That's really what's happening here in Pennsylvania. You know, our river systems are taking over these this muskie fishery. You know, you can talk about these state parks where they dammed up all the rivers. 
but uh, I think that's probably the same thing got going down there in West Virginia. Not a lot of natural lakes. You know, we have a few here in PA, but what's our biggest one, Conneaut? Yeah, if you mm-hmm. want to deem it nat- you know, yeah. natural. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But the rivers are just, uh, the rivers are, are insane. They're stocking them. They're getting stocked when they're putting them in the lakes. The fish are escaping and, you know. Uh, that's where it's at right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it's at. That's where the fishing is, and it's it's becoming really popular. I remember early on, like oh, yeah. reading Muskie Hunter, and and there were some you know occasional you know river river articles and and what have you, but now it seems you know as of you know the last couple of years, there's always like small streams. This is what you yep. do, you know, all that stuff that outlined all the stuff that I you know scrape my knees and you know falling down banks and all that stuff learning to do you know it seems to be more popular now and i don't know if that's adding to this you know there's like a little subculture that wants this extreme musky kind of stuff that you know the biggest baddest fish around we're going to make it even harder we're going to go ahead and do this you know the, the different tiers um but it's, you know, different challenges, you know, like wanting to shoot a deer with a, a bow you made or, you know, muskie on a fly rod, some of these little niche things that are coming out of all of this. And it's it's neat to watch, but I'm just looking at this. I'm like, man, I wish I had these articles, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. But. Or if it was stocked as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, those streams open it up to everyone. You don't have to have a boat. You don't have to have that's a neat thing about it. You can go bank yank. Mm-hmm. Pair of waders or you even know, tennis shoes. Andy's got a couple boats. He probably if he if I said what do you want to do tomorrow, he'd probably go bank yanking. Yeah. 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 You know, and but that, that that's just the way <clears throat> opens it up to everybody. I mean I can look at all the time I've spent on these lakes here in Pennsylvania and uh the two biggest muskies I've ever caught were in a stream that I could throw my bait across. Andy was with me for one of them. And the other thing that I think is really cool <laughs> that you don't talk much about was you have caught three muskies on three consecutive casts mm-hmm. twice in your life. There. Yes, and it both happened on that stream. So for anyone that doesn't get that, Todd made a cast, caught a muskie. The very next cast, he caught a muskie. The very next cast, he caught a muskie. Three muskies and three casts two times in his life. Been all over the country. Happened in that stream. They were packed up in a little hole. And they ate. And they grabbed it. The Very one, cool. the the one time was with uh, a swimmer. I forget mm-hmm. what color, and the other time was Wiley Killer, five and a half. Yeah, the, yeah, the Wileys. Yep, casting a Wiley. So, it, did you, uh, Steve? Did you grow up fishing on the stream? How'd you get into musky fishing? Yes, I I grew up fishing the streams. I mean, since I got out of school, I was like you said, wading in tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> And we was wading the streams, and of course, back then, I didn't care if I caught a carp, a sucker, a muskie, or whatever, but once I finally caught my first muskie, you just know it's in your blood. I mean, it it hooked me, 
and we just been targeting them ever since. And like I said, it's just it's really, really nice. I mean, it's, it's just like the guys that are deer hunting. I mean, if you're passing your spike, it's because you're going for that, that higher end fish or that mm-hmm. harder one to get. And that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm not saying any of the other fishing's easy, but you really, every muskie you catch, you earn it. Oh, yeah. You pay for it somewhere. Yeah. I always, you know, I always, I think most people do, too. I enjoy the easy one, but uh, there's something nice about that one you worked your butt off for. Oh, yeah. So. It, it never seems to happen for me. I never catch one in the first five minutes. It's always, I better fish five more minutes. <laughs> I better fish five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. You just never know. Yep. So, so uh, all right. So, you know, we, we hit. Very cool. Well, hey, I've, I've been I've been using some of those trophy time leaders and, uh, you know, all good things. I can't say anything bad about them. They've been great. They've held up against little wiry fish and the biggest fish I caught this season. Uh, I think they're great. I was looking on uh, on some of the some of the promos you, you do on on your page there there were i think you were doing something that glows is is that am i off there or you you make a glow in the dark leader as well yeah is a lot of the guys a lot of the guys are absolutely loving that glow leader it's anywhere from 12 to 14 inches long and i can either put a quarter inch glow bead or a half inch glow bead and they, they hit that thing one time with their light, and then they're casting bucktails during the night or anything mm-hmm. else. But it really helps when you see that bead coming through the water, you know, when to start your figure eight. And, I mean, I, there's no, it's not hurting their fish catch any at all. I mean, if anything, they're, they're catching way more. But like I said, the guys are loving them. I mean, a lot of these guys, especially in my area, are working in the oil field right now, and they're working long hours. So when they get a chance to muskie fish, it's at nighttime, and they like that. They like adding that tool to their tool belt. I mean, they, they put that glow leader on, and like I said, they charge it one time, and it's ready to go. That's great. That's that's great stuff. Never thought of anything like that for that night fishing, but I can definitely see how that would help. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like I said, the main thing, the best, the most benefits you get out of it is, like I said, when to start that figure eight. You're not really, yeah. you're not reeling that swivel or whatever up into your eye, your, your rod. You know where to stop that every time because everybody does their figure eight, whether they got three foot of line out or 12 inches of line out. Everybody's got their favorite way of doing it. So they can gauge that by where that leader or that glow beam's at. Now, now it's not glowing like a neon light at a bar mm-hmm. you're driving by. It's just got a little glow to it, but you can see it without a problem. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that's just a, a simple little little thing that makes a huge difference in that now you're not trying to guess, you know, I, I don't, I haven't done it a lot of night fishing, but the times that I have, I never had a glow bead. And when you're reeling in, you're just kind of like going off of feel, like how the rod tip feels, 
you know, the, the resistance when you're doing all that stuff. And I put a lot of swivels through the, uh, top eyelet yeah. of the rod. <laughs> and I said, that just ain't for me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, even, even like relating it back to just daytime fishing, you know, sometimes, you know, everyone's like, Oh, musky fishing, black, black, black. I always used to take my black jerk bait and I'd put a, eye or a dot on top of its head just so i could see that thing coming when i was throwing that bait Mm -hmm. that's it in 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 the daylight and that made a big difference for me it would be a solid black bait but i put a little piece of uh you know tape on there or something something that i could see where i was made a huge difference i can only imagine what that would do for the night fisher guys Oh yeah, they like I said they they all love them, and like I said, it's just so important. Like I said, where you can see to where to stop every time and start that mm-hmm. perfect, you know, because you want that good smooth figure eight. And like I said it just helps everybody out, whatever size boat they have, or, or if they're on the bank, whatever type of figure eight they're trying to do off the bank, but they know exactly how much line they got out, and, and like I said, they're saving. Those rods are expensive, and they're saving that top eye by not reeling the swivel into the ceramic part of it every time. Yeah, I mean, I find that once you blow through that ceramic, it's a lot easier to get that swivel through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that the the secret is is just take a pair of pliers and just save yourself the grief. There you Bust go. Bust that thing right out. It's Andy's tip for today. I don't recommend doing that, by the way. <laughs> I don't even need pliers. I broke another one of those things today. <laughs> I know. That's terrible. Todd, did you bring up that extra rod? I was going to say, yes, Todd. I did bring it. I've got some backups here for you. I'll have you're you're using one of, one of my backups. <laughs> I have to give you a uh, security deposit. <laughs> he owes both of us security deposits. You didn't break that old all-star I gave you. That no. thing's 20 no, years no. old. No, okay. no, no. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> took it out of commission to give to you. <laughs> 17, 18 years I ran that pole. It's, it's good. Not an issue. Yeah. It's... Did you lose it in the lake? No. No. Oh, you still have it. Okay. Okay, still there. But it's in two pieces. You got two all stars now. <laughs> it's a two piece. I got a I got an ice fishing pole. And a... <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know how you really liked your one rod? Well, now it's double. <laughs> okay. Good. St- yeah, it's uh, okay, Steve. Let's let's go over again, just just a big brief overview of all the stuff that you do with you know you make to order. You're building these leaders to order, and where can they find them and get a hold of you at? Okay, well, along with the orders or with the leaders, I also always pour the cannonball weights. You know, I pour them one ounce, two ounce, three, four, five sixes eights and tens and a lot of the guys that troll you know they want the 
the different ounce weights. So I sell a weight set. I also make a weed deflector. And it's a very simple concept, but I use the 240-pound stainless steel. And I, I just mount, I melt five eight ounces of lead around it and make a little bullet shape. It's a very simple item, but my goodness, it, it just, it'll turn your fishing day into a great day because you're not picking weeds off your hooks. It's deflecting them away from it if you're trolling. Mm-hmm. And those, those have really caught on. I mean, a lot of the guys, you know, there's other items out there that work, but I'll have to say the, not because I had anything to do with it, but they work really, really well, and they last forever. I mean, I don't know how you would tear one up. And I know a lot of guys, I'm sure they follow, they follow Kyle Moxon up on Sinclair. Mm-hmm. He, runs them at, he runs them every day, and he's bringing in 50-inch fish pretty much every day. So, I mean, they're definitely working, or he wouldn't be using them. And I know a lot of the other guys are using them. I use them up here when the leaves are falling. If we got a windy day, they work really well. You know, the leaves aren't hitting your line or falling your line down and sticking on your baits. So that that's another item I make. I've been selling a lot of combos with the just-in-case leader tubes. So I've got a lot of 12-inch, 16-inch, and 20-inch leader tubes. A lot of guys will call me and say, hey, I'm going to Canada for a week. I just need an assortment of leaders. So I put them 20, I can get them around 20 leaders in those tubes. And I always put them 10 extra stay locks and send them to them for 100 bucks. And, I mean, they can't beat it. They've got every leader they need for any application of fishing they're going to be doing on their trip. Mm-hmm. And, they're all, and they're all protected in the just-in-case tubes. But as far as buying the leaders or where to look at them, I mean, I'd really encourage anybody listening to join the the Trophy Time Leader page on Facebook. Right now, there's a, a giveaway on there. If you spend $20 or if you just post a picture and tell a, write a story on that muskie, you get a free spot in that lure giveaway raffle. And... Here next weekend, I'll draw a winner, and the winner will come from someone that wrote a story and posted a picture, or someone who spent twenty dollars. The list will be randomized, and we'll pick a winner. It's a a nine inch wax lure, beautiful crankbait, and that's a that's a West Virginia lure builder, and he actually gave it to me at the at the Muskie in the Mountains tournament and said, "Hey, give this away on your page." And I know they work. My son got a 51-inch one on one of these lures. So, you know, I'm giving a good product away there. And, it, and it's a product that you're not going to see. He's got a lot of little lures out there, but you don't see his 9-inch lures. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good thing. You know, join the page. Like I said, post a picture or whatever. Like I said, I just want to see people's success stories. And it's a, like I said, it's a good clean page, so you don't have to worry about any drama or, or anything like that. But go there, you can send me a PM or you can post something on the page, post your order, send me a PM with your order. You can order them at the Figure 8 website or you can go through North Shore online tackle. Now, so there's options. 
there's definitely options out there to get them. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious about these weed deflectors. Are they uh-huh. are they meant to collect the weeds? Like, like the what yeah. I'm envisioning, or are they to to just shed them away from the bait and not actually ride yeah. on the line? They will shed them away. What they look like is your plastic Alabama rigs or your umbrella rigs. Mm-hmm. And I've got five fingers that bend out. The wire bends out to reach around four and a half inches long. You bend them out as wide as you want, but it just looks like an umbrella rig. When that's pulling through the water, the weeds hit it and just deflect right away from your bait. Now, there is going to be an occasion where one's going to wrap around it, but most of the time it's going to be fairly clean. It deflects every one of them away. So more or less what you know, your a, a fair number would be is you're going to reduce your your weed to, to bait foul ups by seventy five eighty percent, or is it? Do you think it's higher than that? It, it's going to be higher than that. If if you fish Sinclair much, I mean that's the lake I fish that has the most weeds. I mean I we're lucky here; we don't have to deal with them as much. But if I fish up there all week, the only weeds I'm going to have on my lure is if I go across a weed patch that's growing off bottom. But no floating weeds, it'll deflect pretty much 100% of the floating weeds away from you. Hmm. So it, it's a great item. I sell them 10 for 60 or 7 bucks a piece. And like you said, unless you lose one of them, they should last you forever. But how far do you rig one of these in front of your bait? I, I put a 42-inch leader behind it. Okay. Some, some of course, and that that's up to the angler. I mean, that's what I use personally. A lot of guys, I had a couple orders today on some fellas going on a trip, and they each wanted five-foot ones behind theirs. And it'll work just fine with the five-foot ones. It works, just, it works the same with the three-foot ones. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it just improves your catch ratio. I mean, if you keep that bait good and clean to where the bait's working the way it's supposed to be, you're not losing any action by having a six-inch weed hanging off your hook or around the, the lip of your crankbait. So it, it definitely improves your catch. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, how long have so, – you know, there's been times that I'll reel in and I'll be like, how long did I have that weed on there? Because the, the tip still – was telling me the bait was running fine, but you pick it up and there's, you know, a 10 inch stringy weed hanging off the back to affect anything. I don't know, but that that's interesting because I never really looked into this. So yeah. Well, and the, the great part about it is, I mean, if you're like me, if when I reel that in and I see that weed on the hook, I get so aggravated. I'm like, man, I might've missed, they might've been a monster back there. And that weed kept him from biting <laughs> And maybe maybe it doesn't affect it, but, you know, when I first got started in, everybody would say, hey, just cut the points off a treble hook and tie on the front of your leader. But then when I drilled in, I'd feel like I was reeling in a 10-pound rock because I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have five pounds of salad on that treble hook. And I was like, I'm destroying every, I'm destroying all the action of my bait. I'm dragging all these weeds around in front of it, and I'm like, they've got to be something better. Mm-hmm. And 
and I just I cut a couple of those plastic umbrella rigs and tried it, and it worked flawless. So then I, you know, I, got, I just got a lead mold and built these and put them out and had guys, you know, put them out before I started selling them. Had guys test them, and it was one hundred percent feedback. I mean, everybody was just tickled to death with them. And they're hooked solid. The wire that you tie your your reel line on is the same wire that your leader goes on. It goes through the mold. So you're not trusting a connection or anything. It's one solid piece. Hmm. And the thing of it is when you know, when that leader goes bad, you just put another leader right on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It, it, yeah. I like the idea. I'm gonna look into that. I like that idea. Now, tip, typically, what is your turnaround time on when a customer orders leaders? I've probably mailed out 1,800 packages this year. Okay. And probably, two of them, and probably two of them was not mailed the next day. Everything's mailed the next day or the same day. And you'll be told up front if, you know, someone places an order on something that I, I don't have in stock, which I try to have everything, but it'll be shipped that day or the next morning. And I just, I can't operate that way. I have to know that I'm caught up at all times. <laughs> like Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm shipping orders I before get, I go to work. Yeah. yeah I that care. That's great. I guarantee if you see any kind of leader post on online, everybody will say no one ships quicker, services eight. I mean, I've built that reputation, and I, I just don't want to ever do anything to tarnish it. Nice. And, and about how long, and I don't know if we covered this, and if, if we did, I apologize. How long have you been selling and making the leaders? I've been making them since... I was probably nine or 10 years old, but I just started last year on actually commercial sales. Okay. And it was just always, everybody in this area always used the leaders. You know, I'd always just throw them a dozen. And finally one, you know, my crit, both my kids are in college now. They're both going to WVU. But I'm, I, I need somebody to help pay for that. Oh, it's not so, free? <laughs> it wasn't for us. <laughs> it wasn't for us. I love but that you know, response. I just, started, I just started selling a few, and it just snowballed from there. I mean, there's a lot of good leaders out there. I mean, there really is. But the price I have mine set at, and the materials I use, I just, I mean, not because they're mine or whatever. They're just hands down. They're the best out there. It's the price you pay for them. I like it. Are you doing any shows? Yes, I'll be with Zach Baker at the Ohio show. We'll be splitting the booth. And then I'll be with Zach Baker again at the Pittsburgh Max. And then I'll be doing the Clinton and West Virginia show. And I'm not sure if I'll do any other shows this year or not. It just depends on, you know, the time I have. You know, this is a secondary thing. I do work full-time as well, so... But I will do at least three shows this year. Now, let me ask you this. I'm going to dig a little deeper into that. 
<laughs> are you going to have all your stuff there and be making requested leaders or are you just going to make a bunch of inventory and this is what you have? I'll have inventory for the, to put out on the table, but as soon as someone comes up and say, Hey, I want this leader, but I want a plastic clip on it or a snap. I tell them to come back in 20 minutes, depending on how big their order is. And I'll make it for them right there. If not, I mail it to them the day the show's over. So they'll still be made to order unless they get, you know, probably your most common casting leaders, 12 inch. So I'll make a bunch of 12 inch out. But anything that's above the norm or, you know, your 12 inch, 36 inch, 48 inch, 18 inch, I'll have all those in stock on the table. But anything else, I just custom make for them the day after the show or the evening after the show, and then I give them to them the next day if they're there or I mail it to them. Okay. I got one more question. I mean, I have a ton more okay. questions for you, but I got okay. one more, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap this <laughs> one up. And then I, if anyone else has it, what is your A number one best-selling leader? Okay, I'm going to give you two of them. I'm going to give you one for the casters and one for the trollers. Double answers, casting, I love it. Okay, the trollers is definitely the one. 120 to 130 class leader. 36 inch, 120 to 130 is probably 75% of all your trollers. Flora. Yep, Flora Club. Yeah. Okay. For the casters, it's always the 12 inch Flora. Now, it the poundage varies by state. Here in West Virginia, it's 100 pounds. Up on the St. Lawrence, it's 150. So, I mean, it depended on the region they're fishing in. A lot of the Green Bay guys use the 150s. But then you get into Wisconsin, the smaller lakes, or the flows, Chippewa flows or whatever, they go back to that 120. Hmm. <laughs> that is, you know, that's interesting to me, the, the different demographics with what pound liters uh-huh. that they're running. And that's probably where a lot of this, internet bickering comes from is yeah. is just you know this is what everyone i know does this so this is the right way yeah and you know if you call me or pm me with an order i will never ever give you any recommendation unless you ask because <laughs> what you're doing it may have worked for you for the last 40 years so why who am i to ask you know to try to change it but if you ask for a recommendation, then I'll I'll sit down and talk hours with you. I love to talk fishing, and you know. And if I do give a recommendation, I always give an example or why I tell you that. It's not because Steve has that in stock. It's <laughs> there's a reason. There's a reason I'm telling you that. Honesty, best policy. Well, it's going to be great. We're going to get to meet you at your. Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. Musky Max. Yep. It'll be the first one. Correct. Yep. Yes. That's in a couple months. Yeah, yeah it is. Quick. That's like Very in quick. three months. Yeah. Holy smokes. Terrible. <laughs> Where'd the summer go? It's gone. 
I'm still, my head's still spinning because it just got to be deer season and I wasn't ready for it. So, yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. I just booked my plane tickets to Saskatchewan. I booked them probably an hour before the show started this evening. Wow. Oh, wow. Big, big fuck. What are you, uh, what weapon? This year, I used to own Whitetail Dreams Outfitting in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And I had to sell it. I just had too much on my plate, so I sold it. But I kept a lifetime tag. So I've bow hunted up there every year. But this year, I'm going to sit in the heated blind and relax, and I'm going to rifle hunt this year. <laughs> there you go. There ain't no shame in that. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And they got nice little heaters in there. It, it, it'll be a little different this year. It won't be bad, trust me. I've made the switch. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting any younger, you know. Uh-huh. Todd Vance, you have any more questions for Steve? No, I'm good. I can't. I can't wait to see him at the show. Yeah, Steve, awesome stuff, man. Awesome product. Uh, I certainly love them. Um, keep up the great work. Perfect. Guys, I appreciate you having me on. I mean, I hope I get to meet you before the show because if I can get a couple of days off in a row, I, I really want to come up and fish with you. Oh, that's even better. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. You get a hold of us, my man. Oh, I will because... I talked to Zach about every other day, and I said, if I make it up that way, you got to come down and fish with us that day. <laughs> Actually, we'll get him out there. I've had yeah. him out before. He's crazy, but we'll get him out there. <laughs> 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 I'll let him catch one. Let, just let him catch one. Just uh, one. But not, not on a baker, Lord. Please try uh-uh. something else. No, no, I won't even put a baker out if he comes yeah. in. No. <laughs> Oh, don't let him catch one because I made him does, cast the last he, time. Yeah. Last time I took him, I made him cast the whole time with a raptor. Yeah, That's, he got some fish. Yeah, <laughs> Zach won that Wait, tournament on a raptor too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going back about three, four years though. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. All right. Big thanks, Good Fatty stuff. Z, <laughs> Musky Products, St. Croix Rods, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine Sports Center, and Musky Zinc. We talked a little bit about it, you know, organically. We It came up, and, you know, it's it, it affects a lot of people's lives. So look into it and, uh, you know, join your local chapter. So big thanks there, Steve. We appreciate you being on here, and uh, you know everyone go go join his little Facebook page thing. So, uh, till next time, good luck fishing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>